0: I'm your host, Annie Bowles, and this is a bonus episode of News Du Jour. Have you thought about investing, or maybe you're already investing a little, but would like to do some social good with your money as well? Well, what if I told you guys that you can do both at the same time? I want to introduce you to Bolt Investment Group. They are a local veteran-owned wealth management firm that is ready to help you start investing for the first time walk you through the process and help you take control over your financial future. Here at News Du Jour, we really believe that knowledge is power, but the truth is money is power too, and it's freedom. Women as a whole make less than men do and are less likely to invest it. However, female business owners statistically perform better than their male counterparts. Bolt has some unique strategies to help you support those female-owned businesses while helping you grow your own wealth. Hunter Baldwin and the Bolt Investment Group team have many years of experience serving their clients and would love to show you everything Bolt has to offer. Reach out to Bolt Investment Group and see what makes them unique. Link in our show notes. Hey, you guys, and welcome back to a bonus episode of News Du Jour. It has been a minute since a bonus episode because I've been working so hard on our interview project, but this month is Indigenous Peoples Month, and even though I barely had time to think, let alone write a whole bonus episode for you guys, I made time for it because this is something that is really important to me and important for us to focus on at this time of the year. For Indigenous Peoples Month, I wanted to take some time to shed some light on a community that is hurting and that has been hurting. And before I go any further, I would like to thank Lacey Poole for her time and guidance on this episode. Lacey is an indigenous woman living in Tulsa and she is friends with me as well as uh, my extended family even closer. And she helped me with a topic for this episode as well as a bunch of the research on it. So I really appreciate her guidance. And she and many others throughout our state are directly affected by the McGirt issue. It's really complex though and very fascinating. So and something I wanted to really do a deep dive into, even though we've touched on it in News de Jour episodes, it really just deserves its own episode. So let's dive into the details. So what is McGirt? Well, it's a shortened name for a lawsuit called McGirt versus Oklahoma. We have touched on it briefly in News de Jour, but essentially a native man named Jim C. McGirt was charged in Oklahoma court with first-degree rape by instrumentation, lewd molestation, and forcible sodomy. So some pretty intense charges. But he asserted that because he was a Muskogee Creek and the crime took place on Muskogee Creek Nation reservation land that he could not be tried in the Oklahoma state court system. He claimed that as per an agreement signed in 1895 between the United States and the Creeks that guaranteed them, quote, unrestricted right of self-governance, end quote, in their new permanent home of Oklahoma, that he needed to be tried by the Muscogee Creek system or the federal court system. Oklahoma was designated, as I'm sure many of you know, a home for Native American tribes because, in large part, the U.S. believed that there wasn't much here. But upon the discovery of oil beneath these flat, desolate plains, the narrative completely shifted and white settlers moved into the area. But these treaties and agreements were never officially dissolved, but they were effectively undone. The betrayal was abundant. Now, I know that is a very dumbed down, consolidated view of this state's history. There's a lot more we could go into there. A lot. But I needed to touch on it to kind of remind you guys of the general historical context for this decision. The case of McGirt versus Oklahoma was argued all the way up to the Supreme Court, where they took a deeper look at these treaties that were signed way back when. They dusted them off, and they read what they said. They reviewed the legal arguments put in place, and they sided with McGirt. These treaties were ironclad. They weren't really debatable, which essentially would imply that Oklahoma is still one big Native territory and not really a state, if you think of it that way. This shoved Oklahoma into a strange, legal gray area and left a lot of people here scratching their heads and wondering about the implications of this decision. But to the Native American community here, it really meant a lot. So next up, I wanted to kind of dive into the details of what exactly this means in practical terms. What are the legal consequences of the McGirt decision? So the details of this case really only apply to this large swath of northeastern Oklahoma. But that area includes Tulsa, the state's second largest city. So people there more than elsewhere are more curious about this decision and what it really means, and some people are up in arms about it. It does not technically mean that the land is native land. It has more legal implications than anything else. Basically what it means is that native people who commit crimes in that northeastern area cannot be tried in state court but they are still subject to federal jurisdiction, meaning they will just be tried in federal court versus state court. So those are the legal and technical implications. But the symbolic weight of McGirt is much larger than these legal implications. And I think this, and these are my words, but... I think this is because this community has been essentially gaslit into thinking that these treaties weren't real in some way or that they could just be, you know, erased uh, because people felt like it. They never these treaties were ironclad and they were never dissolved. And so to say that in a court of law in the Supreme Court is huge. Huge! It's incredibly validating symbolically to this community that's been made to feel crazy for believing that the U.S. would hold up their end of the bargain. To the Native community in Oklahoma and beyond, like I said, this meaning of this decision is much deeper than the verbiage and technicalities. It was a validation of the treaties that were abandoned so long ago. A New Mexico Democratic representative who is native said of McGirt, quote, As we move forward addressing long-standing broken promises, this decision will serve as a marker to ensure the federal government honors its promises to native nations, end quote. Ginody Chihuri, ambassador of the Muscogee Creek Nation and former chief justice of the tribe's Supreme Court, said of this change, quote, This case didn't change ownership of any land. It didn't impact the prosecutions of non-Indians in any way. All it did was bring clarity to a jurisdictional question regarding the border, and it enhanced the Creeks Nation ability as a sovereign nation to work with other sovereign interests to protect people and work in common interests. End quote. So you can tell by those two quotes alone that this, you know, was something substantial to a community, not just in Oklahoma, but beyond. And, you know, someone in New Mexico speaking on it. Um, But, you know, most importantly, I wanted to bring it a little closer to home and I wanted you guys to hear from Lacey directly about her thoughts, feelings, opinions of this case and what it means to her. So we're going to hear from Lacey now.
1: Hi, Shay. My name is Lacey J. Poole. My ancestors are of the Second Fox Nation and Anaya Nation. I am also of the Bear Clan. I'm also an Indigenous educator in the heart of the Skokie Nation. The McGirt ruling was caused for celebration for our people, Finally, we had a top court, the Supreme Court, giving back jurisdiction of our own people, something that we have always desired to do. Our land recognition from our previous treaty was also an important at the heart of McGurk. The resiliency of our people has always amazed me after all the hardships our people have experienced since colonization. Back before Oklahoma became a state, There was a law tribal nations were not allowed to choose their own leadership. Yet, that was bestowed upon the Bureau of Indian Affairs. Until a Miriam study proved Indigenous people were suffering, was this overturned and tribal leaders would be elected by their own people. Fast forward to McGirt, here in 2021, they finally received a seat at the table on how we would be able to govern our own people. Although we are supposedly sovereign, the federal government always has to have a hand on our nations and of our people. Currently, Oklahoma State Governor Kevin Stitt, along with Tulsa Mayor J.T. Biden and other city and state officials have filed a petition to overturn McGirt, citing the turmoil the ruling has caused to prosecution of crimes and previous crimes being overturned. These officials have met for meetings without asking a single tribal letter, leader to attend. meeting. Principal Chief Hill and Assistant Principal Chief Dale Beaver of the Muskogee Nation, along with other nations and tribal leaders, have requested to have a meeting on how to proceed with the ruling and find solutions with state city leaders. If we were able to sit down with these leaders, I think a balance would be found instead of filing more petitions, especially after Governor Sid spent two million of taxpayer dollars trying to overturn a gaming compact with tribes. The nations have given back immensely to communities, education, infrastructure, and various organizations beyond our communities. The gaming compact was designed to help nations create sustainable income for indigenous people after the gaming was approved, the state wanted 10% of all earnings for education, although they created the lottery for this reason as well. However, tribal nations have given more than just 10% for Oklahoma education. Governor Sit has basically proven he is against tribal sovereignty in working with our leaders to create solutions instead of keeping our nations tied up in various courts. For indigenous people, sometimes we find it hard walking in two worlds and navigating a system designed against our people for hundreds of years. My hope is that we can work through these bumps and that allowing our true government of our tribal nations to keep governing our own people and someday have true tribal sovereignty and rallying back. Mendo.
0: As you just heard, the McGirt ruling really implies some fault on behalf of the U.S. government in a lot of ways for stripping Native communities nationwide of rights guaranteed to them by the U.S. government in these treaties. So this was a very symbolic and important acknowledgement to this group of people. And now, again, as you just heard, there are people within this state trying their hardest to overturn McGirt for reasons that seem superficial at best. Let's dive into it. On September eighteenth, 2021, the Oklahoma Attorney General asked the Supreme Court for a second time to reverse or limit the McGirt decision. Oklahoma's Governor Stitt said that McGirt, quote, creates uncertainty in our state. It threatens Oklahoma's sovereignty. It's a public safety nightmare, end quote. And he said, quote, what we are seeking is the complete restoration of Oklahoma's sovereignty, end quote. Oklahoma's sovereignty was never in question when it comes to McGirt, just to clarify. He is insistent that this measure must be reversed even though it has been so validating for our state's native community. Maybe because of that. The city of Tulsa is also working to get the, ta- the case overturned as well. Tulsa's Mayor G.T. Bynum filed an amicus brief to dissolve any remaining reservations in the area. He did so without consulting the city council or the Indian Affairs Commission. Over the past months, tribal members have flocked to City Hall in Tulsa where the mayor's office is in protest of this move with signs reading, quote, no more broken promises, end quote, and, quote, we are survivors of USA genocide, not fringe activists, end quote. At the end of the day, the only thing that McGirt really affects From a practical and safety standpoint, is how criminals are tried in the court system. So you guys may be wondering, what happened to Jim C. McGirt himself? Well, Jim C. is still paying the price for his crimes, despite his favorable outcome at the Supreme Court. He was tried in federal court, which resulted in him serving three consecutive life sentences, So his outcome didn't really change much, but he managed to change a lot for his community, both legally and symbolically. Indigenous Peoples Month is definitely a great time to celebrate the Native community, uplift voices, and shop Native vendors. But it's also a vital time to tune in to the needs of a community that is still fighting battles that were supposedly settled a long time ago. There's still a lot that Indigenous peoples are up against today, and that includes Indigenous peoples all over North America and beyond. If you are non native, ask a native friend how you can be a voice for them, help support them, and step up for their community today. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider becoming a patron of our podcast. For $7.99 a month, you can unlock tons of perks like breaking news text messages so that you're never out of the loop, tons of bonus episodes are already up there ready for you to binge, and a discussion board full of networking opportunities, and much more. Go to www.patreon.com forward slash sugar media today to become a patron. This is the best way to support our show. Our patrons make News Jour possible. But a couple other ways to support our podcast are rate and review on whatever podcast platform you use to listen, share on your social media, you have influence, tell your friends, family, and colleagues that you love News jour and why you listen. You can also follow us on social media under sugarfreemedia.co on Instagram just sugarfree media all one word on TikTok and sugarfree underscore media on Twitter. We also have a weekend newsletter called Dreamers Digest that's full of dreamy content recommendations for your weekend and a life update from yours truly. Sign up today on our website, www.sugarfreemedia.co. Our music is by Joey Lavoy and Nicholas Foster. Our cover art is by Hannah Pierce Photography. Our sugar-free media logo is by Catherine Jezik Designs. Any twinkling or little footsteps you might hear in the background are by my dog, Rhett. He's a rescue pup and always records with me. We appreciate you listening and look forward to telling you about the news again next time on News Du Jour. Broadcasting from. Oh. Oh.